Hey, and welcome back to Tapping Into the Right. Join us as we explore the minds of creatives and learn how to stretch your own creative potential. This week, our guest is Florian, Toronto-based art director. Flora is one of the sweetest individuals we've ever had the pleasure of meeting, and she's also totally badass, as seen in her work. After pursuing a degree in architecture, Flora pivoted to art direction, focusing primarily on the Toronto music scene and working with artists such as Anders and Sean Leon. Flora incorporates juxtaposition throughout her art, pulling on her multidisciplinary experiences to create truly innovative work. Most impressive to us is the fact that Flora embraces every challenge as a learning opportunity and has been able to cultivate a mindset that allows for continuous growth, experimentation, and creative development. Okay, so Flora, do you want to start by just sharing with us a little bit of what you do and how you got your start in the art direction space? Yeah, for sure. So um, at the moment, I would say I'm a freelance like art director and production designer. Um, I mostly work within the entertainment space. So anything that's like film or music or even like cannabis um, related, that's kind of been what I've been focusing on for the past year. And I guess what kind of gotten me started and everything was um, when I was an undergrad, I started like whenever I had a chance to do like an internship or a new project, I kind of really just like shopped around and tried really different things. And um, I guess like every different job I ever did, it kind of built this like equation. It kind of just ended up formulating into this job, like which fell under art direction. So I think I was super lucky with that. kind of just like fell into it. When did you first realize that you wanted to pursue a different path um, after architectural school that I guess didn't align with the typical route that graduates in that field um, took? Mm-hmm. So I would say actually just right from the get-go, like I knew in first year that I wasn't going to be like a licensed architect. I didn't see myself going that like seven-year route. Um, so yeah, and then like, I guess like through there, I just kind of like pursued so many different other things. And it's like, it was definitely scary because I think um, – like in the pedagogy of architecture, you know, you're kind of expected to do like an MARC and then like get licensed after. So, yeah. So even though you decided, I guess, not to pursue um, a typical path that, you know, architectural graduates would take, um, we're curious, can you like share maybe what influences or impact, if any, your experience studying architecture and design um, has had on your creative career today? I would definitely say... I can like thank all my hard skills when it comes to like rendering or like fabrication or like 3D design and graphic design to my degree. And I guess like a lot of my influences kind of come from the history of architecture, a lot of like um, like art history. For like one of my projects, um, I was going to do this like bra rack and I kind of um, had this inspiration of this iconic like um, Greek column and I kind of like had that like call out to that and that was kind of like where the design was from and it's just like these little things I guess when it comes to like detail that it's always great to have like an overarching concept to back it up so it definitely is great for like my concepts or like my thesis for a lot of projects. That's really cool so can you talk um, a little bit just about your journey and how you progressed then from architecture and switched to what you're doing now? Mm -hmm. So 
maybe around like second or third year I stopped doing like my architecture internships during the summer and then I kind of just kind of went into graphic design so in my third year I actually interned for a local Toronto firm called Castor and Pollux they do really great design and I kind of just like grew up looking at their designs and like they were like all over my mood boards so I think with that they did so much like art direction and like branding and just so many different things so that definitely kind of like set my head of where I wanted to be. That's awesome and I guess what steps did you take to gain experience um, or I guess build your portfolio in that sense um, to be able to work in that space? Yeah so I would say a lot of things I do are definitely for like the first time but I think like a lot of my previous projects kind of like um like made me ready for it I did just so many like different little things so like for example when I did my first music video when I um production designed it um I was lucky actually like I never really did like the PA position and I kind of like slowly went up to production design I kind of just jumped into it just because I had like a design and build background for the past four or five years that's cool and how have you worked then on establishing your brand in that space that was a little different from where you started and where you were diving into something right off the get-go? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that I'm definitely still establishing my brand. Um, the good thing about kind of being a freelance um, creative is that you don't really have a brand necessarily. It's kind of like your arsenal of tools of what you can do. And then um you know, like when you come with like a different brief and like how you kind of like deal with it, I guess that's, I would say your brand. Okay. So more how you work and the things that you can do. Yeah. Okay, cool. I guess building a little bit off of that, we'd love to delve a little bit into what your creative process entails when you're taking on a new project and how you first approach developing um, your vision or artistic vision for that project. Yeah, for sure. So I would say that design is definitely like super, um, you're always just working in a team. It's super like, it's never really individual, even if it's something little, that's like a branding project, you always have like your client, your client has a manager. So um, I think like when it comes to it, like for my part, I definitely like look at the brief. I um, put like three concepts out. Um, Usually my first concept is something that, you know, I think is just what the brief covers. And my second concept is like kind of what I see this in the project being like, if it's like a certain, if it's like elevated or if it's like um, my personal aesthetic or something. And then my third one's usually a wild card um, concept. And I think what usually happens in each project is that the client kind of picks and chooses little parts that they like from like the three concepts and that ends up being the final product. That's a really cool process. I like that. That's awesome. Um, Would you be able to touch a little bit on like when you're first starting out with a project and let's say you and the team have kind of decided what what the artistic vision is going to be, um, there are a lot of moving parts that go into um, into the production. Can you talk about how you manage that and maybe some of the challenges that you've encountered during that process from to bring those ideas to life? So I think 
the top two kind of like problems I kind of run into are definitely things that deal with budget and things that deal with timeline. Cause like, those are kind of the two things that you can never really like, um, like I don't play around with in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, like I would say maybe like when it comes to like a music video, you never really get longer than like a week um, in terms of timeline. So I think a lot of like problems that you run into is that you have these like grand ideas, but if you're from Toronto, you just know, and you're in a music video world, you just know that the budget is gonna be not where you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And most of the times you're getting like two, like max days of prep time until shoot day. So I think that, you know, like a lot of times you, it's not what you necessarily, it's like your grand artistic vision. It's just kind of like, this is what can be done and this is the best I can do in this amount of time with the amount of budget that you have. Okay, so it's like working within your constraints and really being pragmatic about what you can do given those things that are constraining your ideas. Yeah, and it's almost like this little puzzle piece that you're trying to solve because a lot of the times it's like you would never like imagine like what you can find that you need and like what they need and you're like, where am I going to find this? And some of the times you make it like out of clay or something and then half the time you just like find it from like a friend of a friend of a friend and it's like insane do you find that um having a bit of a different background actually helps you think outside of the box when you're doing um any sort of art direction in in music videos or whatever else you may be working on having that architectural piece and being able to cross-pollinate your ideas in that way does that give you a bit of a differentiation Yeah, for sure. Um, I think a lot of the times, um, like a lot of art directors don't necessarily um, like know how to 3D design and like render and like fabricate. Um, A lot of times when it comes to like bigger projects, you have like a team to render and like a team to like fabricate your projects for you. And I think I'm lucky to like know a little bit of like how to do everything. So I like to do everything myself. And it really helps with like, if you have a lower budget, um, like, you know, like for me, I can just like design it and build it and then like bring it to set rather than it being um, like in like three different like groups and three different pieces, if it makes sense. Mm -hmm. So you've worked with a long list of really cool clients, um, just to name a few, Samsung, Wealthsimple, um, really a broad range. across various different industries. However, your focus is on, um, or, it, or is within the local music scene here in Toronto, and you uh, pre- previously touched on this um, very briefly. Um, would you be able to share what drew you to art direction and music specifically, and why that's a space you really enjoy working in? Yeah, for sure. So um, most of my mentors are career directors within music. So it almost felt like that natural kind of like path that I was going to take. And um, just growing up, I just love watching like music videos from either like MTV or like really, really OG like YouTube. <laughs> so, I was the same uh, way growing up. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, I feel you. And like, I remember I would just like screenshot kind of like all the little frames I really liked in the music videos. And then like, I think like, growing up I realized what I really liked about everything was like the set design and like not really like the narrative or like the shots or whatnot so 
it kind of just was that like natural progression. Okay, cool. So that was kind of your niche and, and um, something you've been interested in way before even you got into the field. Yeah. Cool. Um, can you share what your experience collaborating with Anders has been like and how this has impacted your artistic development? Yeah, for sure. So um, definitely, I would say that like Anders was such a special kind of like artist to work with. Um, I remember five years ago, I was just absolutely like obsessed with this um, hip hop R&B group called like 88 Rising. And they kind of manage um, these really incredible like, Asian um, like rappers and like R&B artists. So I think the, like those that group of people really led the way for like Killy and Anders for Toronto when they kind of like came up. So like, I just knew that like, I really wanted to work with Anders. And I knew that like behind him, he had this incredible like management team called NST. And I just think like coming out of like a full-time um, or like internships I had before into a freelance that like kind of finding um, an in-house client that I got to work with continuously was really like big for me. And that was Anders. And it's just been so incredible just cause like, I not only get to work with like, I guess like his album art and his like, like creative like branding, but also kind of like the pop-ups that we do and events that we do that kind of go along with Anders. That's amazing. And I guess when you're looking for new projects or if they come to you, is there something you're looking for specifically um, in those opportunities or projects? Or are you open to experimenting with like, regardless of the field that, or the space that it's in um, or who it is? Mm -hmm. So definitely a little bit of both. Um, I think for me, it definitely comes to like who um, the client is and if they're like problematic or not, especially like in music, that's a huge thing for me. Um, And I guess kind of like, if this is gonna like develop my current set of skills, if this is gonna like push me a little bit more, so like a recent project I did with um, I, uh, with Ace Valley was that I always do title cards. So title cards are just like, you know, like the, the typography or the words that kind of come onto a video, but I never did motion. And I feel like I just like, I did motion for like Ace Valley. And like, for me, like I wouldn't have pushed myself to learn motion if it wasn't for a certain project. And now that's just like another thing I can put, I guess, in like my skill kit. A lot of times, if it was for a music video, I send like the director or the editor just like a still, so like a PNG with a transparent background of like the word. But then um, for a really long time, I always wanted to work on like motion, so like things that like GIFs or like videos that move or like motion words that like, you know, like fade in and out, there's like a certain glow to it or like it flashes. Okay, cool. That's neat. So you had done like title sequences before. So it was kind of building on a current skill set, but then pushing yourself to push your boundaries even further in that area. Yeah. Cool. That's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Are there any other areas that you're looking to develop your skill set? Um, I guess now or like moving forward and looking for projects that would help you do that? Mm-hmm, definitely. So I definitely want to play more within like motion. So like really just grasping like C4D and like all those really insane kind of like visual motion um, softwares. 
And on the other hand, kind of uh, further honing my like fabrication skills, I would say. So uh, anything that involves like, um, like a laser printer or like 3D printers or um, things like that, like more design and builds. Mm -hmm. Can you um, maybe talk a little bit about what it's like just being on a on a project shoot and kind of um, the atmosphere and the things that you're thinking about? Yeah, for sure. So um, if it was something like a music video, it would literally just feel it's so like hour by hour, scene by scene, it's really intense. So I'd say like, um, when you're like prepping um, for a shoot, you usually get like a day or two if you're lucky for a music video. And sometimes it almost feels like it's like you plan your day by the hour of like what thing you're going to do, where you're going to go and like kind of try to get everything together. And I just remember like every like night before a shoot, I would kind of like run down the day like like 30, 40 times in my head because <laughs> I'm like so like type A and I'm like so, so like insane when it comes to like organization. And yeah, it's like, it's like so intense. <laughs> Is there any like um, project that stands out that was a, a big highlight or a big challenge in your memory? I would say on the spot right now, I would say um, last year during this time, um, I did a whole pop-up for Desium and it was under house um, which was super interesting for me. Basically, it was like a pop-up for Desium, um, which is a skincare brand um, that's founded in Toronto. And they wanted to um, really like move into the skincare space in LA and kind of like the West um, Coast, more or less in the United States, which was um, kind of like overcome by Glossier last year. So they really just wanted to like stake their kind of like space. Um, and that was the biggest project and the biggest client um, I worked with at that time. And it was super nerve wracking just because um, the budget was, you know, like we, I never seen a budget that big in my opinion and kind of just the expectations that they had. And I think I was so nervous about it just because the whole project almost felt like it was like over my head. But um, okay. luckily, like, I work with like such a great team of people that like it was fine in the end. That would be overwhelming, but exciting and really fun. Yeah, like so exciting and so fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm glad you mentioned House actually. Would you be able to share um, maybe with for those who don't know, like what House is and how you got in as a tenant and a little bit about your experience um, Yeah, working with House? Yeah, for sure. So House... I would say is a creative incubation space that's um, founded by Lamar Taylor and um, The Weeknd. So like the EXO guys, I would say. Um, and honestly, like when I applied, I did not think I would even get like into the first round. I did it like the <laughs> night before, I think like six hours before. And I was like, this is so over my head. I'm like, this sounds like a scam. <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> like, what? Like, what? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, I was really lucky to get into the first round. And then there, I, um, so how it is, is that the first day, they put you in a group of six or seven, and you have a mentor, and you're given this kind of, like, um, design thinking task, and you have a day to work on it, and then you present. 
and then you kind of get like eliminated from there so if it was like I don't know like 500 people on the first day um and then it gets cut to like 100 people for the week round and it's like the same thing but it just gets smaller and smaller so um yeah like it was super nerve-wracking but I also feel like you make such great connections and you meet so many people for me like before I went into house I feel like I only really knew the Toronto creative scene that was like 10 years older than us so it was very much like kids studio and people from like common good and I would say like Castor and Pollock's like that group and it was super interesting seeing that group kind of mentor um the younger kind of like group which is really cool for me cool that's really exciting can you touch on maybe what they're looking for when they're selecting tenants to join their group you mentioned that there's a design thinking project that you had to do was there anything else maybe can you dive a little bit more into like what the entire application or yeah, the entire application process kind of looked like in terms of the projects that you had to do or um, some of the things you had to complete or showcase for them to assess whether you'd be accepted in as a tenant? So it's definitely not like the, you don't have to be the best of the best of the best in your field, obviously. I think a lot of it is when it comes down to it, it's like the one day to the one week challenge. They're all design thinking challenges. So it might not necessarily be your niche. So like a lot of photographers or like fashion designers that went in, like you're not making like a shirt for something, you know, per se, like for a certain design thinking project, but it's kind of seeing how multidiscipline you can be and like how you can, you know, like stand out, be a leader and like, you know, really add to this project without it being your like main niche, if that makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, was a really focus cool. then a big focus on collaboration? And is that a, a, a very important thing that you've seen in your own work? Mm-hmm, definitely. I think all design is super collaborative. And, you know, like, you can have your own individual kind of talents. But in the end, you, I think like a great project is when you pull everything together. Yeah, absolutely. So going in a little bit of a different direction back to your own work, do you take time to reflect on your work and after each project? And if so, how has that contributed to your growth and progress? Mm-hmm. So particularly a lot during this quarantine, to be honest, like a little Absolutely. bit too much. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> like it's coming to the point where it's like every little weird thing I ever said on set, it's like, wait, that's coming back to me or like every little mistake. But um <laughs> Definitely, like, after every big project, I love to, like, just kind of sit down and reflect on what I think went really well and what I think went bad and then, like, how I can kind of fix the little things and how I can improve for, like, the next project. Mm -hmm. Are there any, I guess, big lessons or key takeaways that you've had maybe recently or maybe during this quarantine, as you just mentioned, that you'd like to share? Yeah, so um, I think, a really big thing that I'm still struggling with is definitely like self-doubt and like kind of like underestimating what I can do um in film especially like in commercials there's like the people who are doing production design I would say that a lot of people think that production design is rooted in construction um it's really not in my opinion but I feel like kind of your usual or your typical production designer is like a cis white male 
you know, with a construction background and they're in their like early 40s or like late 40s. And then you see someone like me <laughs> that's like completely the opposite of that. And I'm, I would say, like really feminine as well. So um, I think a lot of times I feel like either people don't really treat me seriously or if I do a certain thing, I always doubt myself. You know, like if something isn't going well in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. Like they're all making fun of you. Like this looks so easy. Like why can't you do it? Like these little things. And then sometimes mm -hmm. it's actually just the situation. Like no one could do it. You know what I mean? But then in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's because it's you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Obviously, if you let those types of thoughts, I guess, fester for too long, it can have an impact on your work. Would you be able to share how you've kind of dealt with those internal doubts um, and how you've kind of overcome them? Or like, what is your approach to dealing with that? Mm -hmm. So um, in the beginning, I would honestly just be like, hey, this sucks. And uh, when it comes to like music as well, like um, especially because that's another like boys club, a lot of people thought it was like the girlfriend or, you know, like the groupie. And I think in your head, you just have to be like, hey, there's a reason why I'm here. And there's a reason why I got the project. And it's because, you know, like I can do this. People do trust me to do this. And that's why I'm here. And like another thing, I guess, like you just need to like introduce yourself to everyone like don't be quiet don't be like shy in a corner and like don't be nervous and just like just really just shake everyone's hand look them in the eye and be like hey like this is my name I'm the production designer or, or hey like I'm the art director or you know what I mean no, I yeah just that. being confident that you were hired for the role for a reason and you know your skills and what you can do yeah no for sure cool can you tell, tell us a little bit about maybe a challenge that you would face when on set and a, a problem that you wouldn't be able to anticipate that you then have to have to solve and deal with? I would say that when it comes to something like a music video, like you can kind of, when you're planning it and you're kind of, you can just kind of think about all the problems that you might like end up with. I think the biggest thing is that like, if you're renting out, like, a historic house or like something that has like a lot of things in it already or if you're um like I guess like for my first shoot actually we rented like a house that was being used like people live in it but then they just rent out their basement for shoots okay. and it just had so much stuff in it it was like an attic like amount of stuff and like going for it like we never thought it was going to be like that so that took up so much more time than we thought it would be and like you have to be super organized when you're on set it's like you have to leave a place clean cleaner than like how you like first come upon it so it was just so insane of the amount of things that we have to do um but yeah we just ended up stuffing everything in a storage room <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah funny okay yeah, so like a really just like normal challenge you have furniture and you need to move it somewhere so like you're the one who has to say where it goes no for sure and it like sounds it's so funny because like, when you when you like, hear it now it's like oh it's so like it's whatever but then in that moment I'm like I'm gonna leave now <laughs> <laughs> oh that's yeah. really funny so you've shared a lot about I guess what your creative process entails in terms of the professional projects that you've done um curious do you like, are there any personal projects that you do, like, on the side? 
No, for sure. So I think recently um, I've been trying to dive into things that are more personal just because I have a lot more like free time. Um, I would say like for the past year though, it was just so like go, go, go that I didn't really have time um, or like any really opportunities that I ha- um, that I could do anything that was personal. Um, I think in the fall time or it was, yeah, in like September, October, I did an installation for House and Launchpad um, where like House is basically, it's in um, Daniel's Launchpad. So that was super cool. And it was actually like my first personal piece. It was an installation that says, um, wish we were here. And it was these like huge kind of like CNC like letters. And it was just like life size and had a projection on it. And that was pretty cool. That's really cool. Where do you draw your inspiration from for both personal projects and professional projects where do you get that inspiration from? And if you're struggling to find inspiration, do you have a system to get you out of that? Mm-hmm. So this is kind of lame, but <laughs> back to like my <laughs> music video like obsession. Recently, I've been like really into um, like Korean indie music videos or Korean like indie R&B music videos. Just because um, like if you've ever seen like a K-pop music video, it's insane of how much money that they put into set design. It's just like absolutely insane. So then when you see something that's a little bit like the indie space, it's a lot less, like obviously you have a lot less budget, but it's Mm -hmm. just so beautiful of how you like see them work with the budget they have and like the outcome of it. They're just these like really beautifully done, like mundane almost like sets, but they're just so thoughtfully and tastefully done that like they're just so amazing to look at. And it's just really different from like North American music videos, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So um, I look at that a lot for inspiration. And um, if I have like time and when it was in like the quarantine, I like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like so different now. I'm like, who am I? <laughs> um, yeah, I really like going to those like smaller art galleries on the West side um, around Mocha. That was like a great kind of source of inspiration too, because it was like contemporary art. Okay, cool. Things very similar to you, music videos, but kind of in a different, from a different um, background or area of the world, but then also just uh, artistic, different artistic fields. Mm -hmm. So I guess for someone who might be in a position that you were in when you first decided to pursue um, a creative career, is there any advice that you would, would give them? And maybe you'd be able to touch on like what you think has helped you the most in terms of achieving success over the past few years? Yeah, for sure. So I would say try to like be as multidisciplinary as you can, just because like a lot of times when you do approach a client, they might not need, you know, your main skill, but like, you know, knowing like a different thing, like maybe that they're like, oh, but I, I don't need this at the moment, but I need like maybe like someone to edit my videos. And if you can do that, then like you not only secure that job, but if you do a good job, you like maintain a really good relationship with the client. So I think definitely like expanding like your skill set is huge. And also not being able and not being scared to reach out to people that you do want to work with or like people that you want to mentor or people actually the other way around or like people that you want to mentor you. Yeah, that's really good advice, especially the piece on being multidisciplinary because I think sometimes people can focus too much on developing their skill set in one specific niche, but 
um, run the risk of pigeonholing themselves. And you're right, like when you approach um, or when you're trying for a new project, they might require a different skill set or a multitude of skill sets. So being uh, multidisciplinary in that sense can definitely help you out. No, that's really great advice, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like another thing I think like I was kind of scared with is that I feel like you have to find that like perfect balance about not being too multidisciplined where people are like, yeah. what do you do? Because that's like yeah. a huge yeah. thing that I've been like struggling with just because mm-hmm. like a lot like you get so pigeonholed when you do architecture. Mm-hmm. So then I was like trying to like climb out of that for the past four years. But then now I'm like, oh no, like I don't really know what I do. So I think like just knowing like that perfect balance of it. No, yeah, really that would be hard because you want to be versatile, but also you want to be known for something. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Something else you also mentioned too, especially, I think this is really good advice, especially for people who are just starting out is reaching out to people. Can you share maybe what helped, because I'm assuming that not every answer was like a yes, per, especially at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe how did you deal with people not giving that yes right away um, or just like rejection in general? Because I think that's probably something that's like prevalent in this space and putting yourself out there can be kind of scary. So in that sense, what advice would you give someone um, to kind of take that, I guess, like leap of faith and just putting themselves out there, not being afraid to get rejected? Ooh, that's really good. <laughs> so in terms of rejection, um, I would say that like, for me personally, I feel like for every like maybe 10 people I reached out with, maybe one person would respond back. Like this is like in the beginning mm-hmm. where there'd be like, okay, like, you know, I'm down for like a coffee talk. Like, let's like, let's do it. And then it would just be like, great. Cause like, the thing is, is that you don't necessarily need 10 people to respond back to you. And mm-hmm. in a way that like, you, like you're lucky if one person responds in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a lot of it too, is kind of like how you word your initial interaction with someone. Like, don't really just say like, oh my gosh, I love your work. Can we like talk kind of thing? Cause it's like, that just seems so impersonal. Like, yeah. I think it's like if you actually like enjoy this person's work and its inspiration, really like pick out the little parts of like where, um, like why you like it and like why it was inspiration to you. And then like it would actually seem like really genuine. So yeah, and like definitely um, kind of like don't reach for the stars when you're, in my opinion, just like starting out, like kind of like do like more realistic mentors or like people that you know like might like actually see your message in my opinion (laughs) yeah because you're right all you need is at least one out of the ten even if you get nine no's or no answers no that's yeah that's awesome yeah oh my gosh what was that lady gaga meme it was like there could be a hundred (laughs) people in the room Oh, yeah, about Bradley Cooper when she always was like, he's my one person. You just need one person of 100. Yeah, you just need that. (laughs) Yeah, just got to think of that meme. You need your Bradley Cooper. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I think just to wrap it up, would you um, be able to tell us a little bit maybe about your plans for the future, if you have any big projects or goals coming up for hopefully getting out of quarantine? (laughs) That's kind of what's on your horizon. 
Oh my gosh. I feel like it's if you hit me up two months ago, my answer now would be completely different. <laughs> I think <laughs> everything is just so like just on hold at the moment. I think my biggest thing is like seeing how the entertainment industry is gonna change within the next kind of like 12 to 24 months of how like you know like concert sets are gonna look like or how like music videos are gonna look like to something like experimental marketing campaigns and kind of seeing how like I can utilize my skills to really like not only be like the forefront of kind of quarantine content but how to really push that like creative envelope when it comes to doing things where you know like a music video now might be just me ordering things like props and sending it to artists for them to like self-film to like you know we're like a concert now like have you guys seen the Travis Scott um thing on Fortnite I haven't seen that one specifically no I have not either but it's like so he literally just had a concert on Fortnite and all like the little (laughs) graphics and everything was like preset but it was like Fortnite aesthetic so interesting yeah, it's, like, super interesting kind of seeing, like, where this, like, space is going to look like. Just because, like, yeah. for the next, I feel like, year, it's just going to change. Yeah, it could have far more far-reaching effects than than we think. Like, with all of these bands doing at-home concerts. Like, when I follow yeah. was doing a tour of their house. And so they just did, like, five different nights, one in each room. <laughs> and like you mentioned, like, models getting things sent to them and doing shoots at home could kind of transfer um, into different areas. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. Yeah, seeing how different artists or musicians adapt. Um, and especially Travis Scott, because I know with him, the set is a huge part of his concerts usually. So that's really interesting to hear how he's been able to shift and I guess go with the times. That's really interesting though. Yeah. And it's like, at first I was so scared because most of my work is event based. So it's like crap. Like if I can't do that, like what am I going to do? And it's kind of like, you know, like instead of this like pop-up, maybe we do some like online like influencer um, influencer campaign and it's like you're still a part of that but it's just different of how you're like shifting your um, niches these days yeah just adapting and shifting with how the industry changes mm-hmm. cool well I think yeah that 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 was really great thank you so much Laura. I think that kind of brings us to the end of our questions but thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is a great uh, discussion. And it was so interesting hearing about, I guess, all the work that you've done. And you're definitely incredibly talented, especially in so many different areas. Um, So yeah, thank you for sharing everything. And uh, the advice you gave at the end was really great. Um, And we're really looking forward to see what you do next and uh, hearing about some of your upcoming projects as well. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thanks so much for joining us.